Father, we just, we just want to thank you once again this morning. Thank you, Lord, for a new day in our lives. New day in the land of the living. You kept us alive so that, Lord, that we could prepare ourselves, O oh Lord, for that day. That day that matters in everyone's life. Pray, Lord, even as we now meditate upon your word, Father, Father, cleanse us by the washing of water by the word. Confront every dirt in our lives. Purify us. That's what you said, O Lord, that you would purify the sons of Levi. The fuller soap that you would make us clean by the water of your word. And sanctify us and set, set us apart for a holy use. And even as we partake of, partake of your word by faith, I pray, Lord Jesus, by the hearing of faith, we will receive an infilling of your Holy Spirit. Your anointing would rest over us, Lord, this morning, even on the speaking and on the hearing of this word. To that end, I pray that you would bless this entire session. We thank you, we praise you. For in Jesus' name, Amen. So this morning, once again, even as we uh, meditate upon God's word, we will look at uh, the work of God is to build a tabernacle in our lives, to build us. We looked at um, Jude, which says in Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Turn there, if you will. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith. Okay. Build ourselves up. God wants to dwell in our midst. And that's the whole purpose for which he brought all of us out of the bondage of sin, the power of this world, the power of the devil, and the power of sin is progressively being broken in our lives so that the presence of God in our lives can continue to increase. The life of Christ in us will continue to increase. He wants to dwell among his people, right? That's what his desire is, all right? That's the purpose of salvation. That God wants to dwell in our midst, in our lives. What is eternal life? John 17.3, we'll talk about this. What is eternal life? And this is eternal life. We know this very well. We looked at it so many times. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's the whole purpose of... of uh, uh, Bringing us, us out of, from death to life. We passed from death to life. And what is life? What is eternal life? That we may know Him. The only true God. So many adjectives. It is just not God. It is not true God. It is only true God. And how do we know Him? Through His Son. Through Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That means we can have a relationship with God. Through his son. We, now we have a relationship with God and we begin to know him. We who were enemies of God have now become friends of God. Hmm. And we who were sinners have become righteous in the sight of God through his son. And therefore we continue to partake of, um, uh, 
his divine nature, even as we receive his words, for his for he says in his word, my words are spirit and they are life. John 14, 16, if you will turn there, 16 and 17. <clears throat> Look at what he says. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. You see that? The world cannot receive the spirit of truth. Because it neither sees him, nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. So we are being um, prepared into a sanctuary where his spirit can dwell. Right? And then it says, verse 18 is very significant. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. How does he come? By sending a spirit and his spirit spirit dwelling in us, he will come and dwell with us as well. Alright? That is the reason why the entire work of the cross, uh, of Jesus on the cross was for, was for this purpose. If you turn again to Galatians chapter 4 and verses 4 to 7, 4 verses, it says, but when the fullness of time has come, had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? So that to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the what? The adoption of sons, that we will become sons of God. And how do we know that we become sons? And it says the next verse, and because your sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, by which we cry out what? Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son of God, and if a son, then heir of God through Christ. So what God is doing, he's saying, by sending uh, my, my spirit into your lives, you become my son. So that is how I dwell in you. That's the way I dwelt in my son. I was working in my son, through through my son. He was living my life. And now, when you receive the spirit, you will be living my son's life. I want you to, I want to make you a, into a dwelling place for my son. Okay? But for my spirit. We look at looked at that again. So first Corinthians chapter three, verse sixteen. So many verses to reiterate this point over and over again. That this this con this uh, concept, if you will, of God dwelling in our midst is not just old covenant, it's absolutely new covenant. Old covenant, he dwelt in a tabernacle, now our body itself has become a tabernacle. Do you not know that you are the temple of the of God and the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you? Right? And then, verse 17, If anyone defiles this temple, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple? What? You are. You are his temple. And that is individually. We are being made, prepared into a dwelling place of God. Dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And also corporately. That's what we looked at for Peter chapter 2. He says that you are being made into a spiritual house to offer up spiritual sacrifices. You're becoming a holy priesthood to become a spiritual house to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God again through Jesus Christ, right? And again, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22, 21 and 22, 21 and 22. In whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built up together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. You got it? For a dwelling place of God in the spirit. And therefore what happens? So how are you, how is this happening? Verse uh, 19 and 20 will say. 
Now therefore you are no longer strangers, etc. And verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being a chief cornerstone. So the dwelling place of God in the spirit is being built up by laying the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. That's the whole idea of uh, redemption. The purpose of redemption, so that we become dwelling places. Okay, kingdom of God has begun in our lives now. Okay, this kingdom kingdom of God is within you. Okay. Alright. One more verse, maybe. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16. For you are the temple of the living God, as God had said. For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will dwell in them and I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. That is the whole purpose of saving us out of Egypt, that he might dwell in us. Okay, Remarkable, isn't it? The whole the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. In the old covenant he was dwelling outside and he says, I'm going to dwell in you now. Okay, prepare. And that's Exactly what he tells Moses. Exodus chapter 25. Let's go there now. Exodus chapter 25 verses 8 and 9. He says, Let them make me a sanctuary. Okay. Sanctuary. A sanctuary from which we get sanctum. Meaning the one holy place. Separated. Set apart place. Not this. That every House has got you know, one sanctorium. That's not what he's talking about. Our our hearts and our lives has to be a sanctuary, a sanctum. That I may dwell among them. And in verse 9, how do we do it? According to all that I show you. That is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings. Just so you shall make it. Just so you shall make it. Alright? So this is the consistent theme through the Bible. God wants to dwell among his people, but God says you have to build a tabernacle according to the pattern that I showed you. That's exactly what we are also said, told in the new covenant. We are being built up how? In the, on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The old cornerstone is Jesus Christ and upon that foundation, the teaching of the apostles and the correction of the prophets is what is going on constantly in our lives so that we can become a dwelling place of God in the spirit. It's a constant theme through the Bible. Alright, so that is the reason why after the first Acts chapter 2 verse 42, we know we know that very well. After they got, they gladly received, they, they were baptized and they gathered daily for the apostles doctrine and fellowship, etc. The consistent pattern through the Bible. David has in his heart to build a house for God, for his God. And God says, you're not going to build it. Who's building? Who's going to build it? Your son, whom I will call what? His name? Jeredaya, the beloved of God, he is going to build me a house. But you know, it's very interesting. Go to First Chronicles chapter 28 and verse um, 11 and 12. Look at this. Beautiful. Um, uh, can, can you just put it in the KJV if you don't mind? All in KJV. Okay, from, from here, uh, this, this particular passage at least. Then God gave to, then, sorry, then David gave to Solomon his son the Pattern, you see that? The pattern of the porch 
and of the houses thereof, and the treasuries thereof, and of the upper chambers thereof, and the inner parlors thereof, and of the place of the mercy seat, the place of the mercy seat, and the pattern of all that he had by the Spirit. You see, he received a pattern of the Spirit, and he got that pattern, it is by revelation. That is the reason why, upon this revelation, I am going to build the church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, if you want to build a house, you need to receive a pattern. And what kind of a pattern? It is a pattern received by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. That is the reason why we constantly keep that prayer. We have to pray that prayer over our lives. God, grant me the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I can know the pattern in which I can build your house so that your presence can continue to dwell in our midst. Alright, and verse 12, so yeah, and the pattern, and verse 18 again, verse 18 and 19, and then 20, 18 and 18 onwards, and the altar of incense refined by gold weight, uh, by gold weight, uh, and gold, and the gold for the pattern of the chariots of the cherubims that spread out their wings and covered the ark of the covenant of the Lord, etc. And this said David, the Lord made me understand in writing, by his hand upon me, even all the works of this pattern again. You see the pattern, 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 pattern coming over and over and over again. He's reiterating and he says, Solomon, my son, verse 20. And David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. In other words, you have to have courage and you should not fear to build the house according to the pattern. You know why? Because the moment you start building the house according to the pattern shown by God, the whole world system, the demonic system, they will try to thwart that plan of God. And therefore, you have to be courageous not to fight the enemies. You have to be courageous to be obedient and stick to the pattern that God has shown you. Because there will be tremendous, what do you say, uh, pressure from all sides to compromise the patterns that God has shown. You understand what I'm saying? See, every church is different. And you, and every church has to build their house or the church based upon the word and the vision that God has given them and according to the pattern that God has established in the scriptures. And what will be the constant pressure for everyone will be to somehow change the pattern. Come, uh, take it off, take a little there, take off a little here. You know what God says, Be uh, David tells Solomon, be strong. That means what? Be strong meaning what? What is, have strength of character, strength of conviction. Don't compromise on these standards. The patterns have been given, the patterns are not mine. I received with this pattern by the hand of God which was heavy upon me. And I received these patterns by revelation. And my heart was to build. Which is better, revelation or the ability to build? I don't know. With revelation, he had and he received it in writing, he says. What Moses experienced on the mount, David also experienced. Isn't that amazing? God is not a respecter of persons. If your heart is to build the temple of God in your lives, it doesn't matter what your calling is. You could be a full-time servant like Moses, who was a full-time shepherd, pastor, he's called full-time shepherd. He was the first shepherd. Yeah, And you could be a layman like David. He was not a, a professional clergyman. What was he? He was a king. And 
then then God said, you'll shepherd my people. But God, but he had his heart for God. And God said, okay, fine, you have a heart for God, I will give you the revelation. I will give you the pattern. And so he receives the pattern, he receives the revelation as to how to build the house, and he tells Solomon, be strong, be courageous, do it, fear not, don't be dismayed. Oh, five. What does he say? Be strong. Be of good courage. Isn't the same words that God tells Joshua? Moses, your servant is dead. Be strong and be courageous to do what, Baba? To obey all the things that I have commanded you. Not to fight the enemies. That, that battles I will give you. But you, the, the, the pressure comes when you have to obey. The pressure will be there when you have to obey little, little things in your lives. There will be tremendous pressure, my dear brothers. They will all from all corners. And we have to be sensitive to that and say, Lord, you have given me a vision. I am going to stick to that. The pressure will always be there to lower the standards. We are not here to compromise the standards of God. We are here to uphold the standards of God. And for that, we need to be strong and we have to be courageous. And we have to do it. Just do it, man. Fear not, do not be dismayed for the, for the Lord, God, even my God will be with you and he will not fail you nor forsake you until you have finished the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Kya baat hai? You know, what a tremendous promise. You are bent upon building the house of God in your life. He says, Solomon, and if you're strong and if you're courageous, you will not fear and you will not be dismayed. You know what is going to happen? The entire backing of heaven is going to be there. Entire resources of heaven is going to be there. The spirit of God, the power of God, the authority of God, the wisdom of God, the provision of God. Everything will be backing you in this aim and the ambition of yours to build the house of God in your life. That is how serious God is. What is the equivalent in the New Testament? Matthew chapter 28. It has not changed, by the way. Everywhere it is the same consistent pattern. That's what I'm saying. We are not just looking at principles to learn principles of success. No. We are looking for how to build my life so that my God can be comfortable in my life. So that I can live my life. His, he can live his life through me. That's, that's what I was doing. I was living my life and now I was bound by sin. I was fast bound by sin and nature's night. Okay. God has diffused his quickening ray. I worked the dungeon filled with life. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. I went forth and followed you. What is, what is going to happen now? Lord, live your life through me, Lord. I was living my life, but now I want to live your life. You, I want you to live your life through me. Let your will be done. Let your thoughts be my thoughts. Let your ways be my ways. Let your will be my will, Lord. Let your walk be my walk. Let your priorities be my priorities. Let me have the burden for what you, for which you have a burden. Your burden, my burden, Lord. Your ambition, my ambition. Everything. I, I'm your bond servant. And if that is your attitude, you know what God says? Hmm. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. For life and godliness, I will provide. His divine power, it says. His almighty power has given us. It's, a, it's Of course, it's in the past tense, right? Has given us. It's a blank check which has been given to us. Just go and withdraw it, man. Okay, look at this. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. The pattern is the same. 
<clears throat> and Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, uh, you are in, uh, in uh, KJV. Please go back to NKJV now. We will go back to NKJV. Okay? Thank you. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe. I stopped there, right? All things. Thank you. All things. Not some. That's what I'm saying. Oh, can we just take on? Because so, so many places in the Bible will not be convenient for us. Let me tell you something. If God has called you, He has not called you to convenience. He has called you to inconvenience. Spiritual life is not a convenient life. There's no convenience for us in this world. Your convenience is you are at rest only if you are in God. You are at rest if you are rested from your works. If you are trying to still do your works, you are still not at rest, my dear brothers. If you think that you are at, you are convenient, you are actually in, in, in very inconvenient with God. Okay. When God calls you, He always calls you to inconvenience. He says, all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So what, what has happened? He has saved us now. He's saying, Lord, make disciples. What, what do disciples do? Follow him. Imitate him. Like that's, that's what we heard yesterday, right? We will imitate him. We will not just do, we will imitate him. And we will do whatever he commands us to do. I am with you always, even to the end of the search. If he is with us always, what does it mean? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not with him freely give us, not just give us all things, freely give us all things. Rest on that promise and say, Lord, help me, Lord. I want to build my life and I want to build the church. Like Nehemiah. Sword in one hand, brick in the other hand. Fight. The battles of God with the powers of darkness and with the systems of this world and build the house of God. Rise up and build. Okay. So, but how should you build? According to the pattern. Okay. According to the pattern. Go to 1 Corinthians 3.16 again. Okay. We want to look at this entire context. Okay. There are several 3.16s in the Bible and this is one of those 3.16s. Okay. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you. Go on. If anyone defiles this temple, temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are and therefore the way you build this temple, that is you are building up your own life, should be according to the pattern that I show you and should not be according to the systems of this world. That is the reason why next verse is there. What is verse 18? Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may be, that he may be made wise. Okay. Verse 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in his own craftiness. So if you want to build this temple in your life, you cannot rely on the wisdom of this world. You need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You need wisdom from above. The wisdom which is from above is first what? Pure, peaceable, gentle, full of good fruits. Seven pillars. But the wisdom, the wisdom of this world is what? It's earthly. It's sensual. It is demonic. There's a total difference between the two. 
Okay, and therefore we need the pattern which God gives. If you can put 18 and 20 in, uh, 18 to 20 in the message translation, it's very interesting. One of the commentaries, I'm not going to call it message translation, com- commentaries, otherwise people will go crazy. Don't fool yourself. Look at this. Don't fool yourself. Don't think that you can be merely wise by being up to date with the times. Hello. <laughs> Anybody hearing? <laughs> up to date with the times. Be God's fool. Boy, I like that. That's the path to true wisdom. What the world calls smart, God calls stupid. What the world calls smart, God's called stupid. It is written in scripture. He exposes the chicanery of the sheik. You know what chicanery means? The attitude to I mean, you do certain things, shikanery. It's called basically uh, things which you want to do to deceive people. That's called shikanery. And what is chic? That means you're up to date. Chic clothing. Chic. Have you seen that word? Chic. She looks chic means what? Smart. He looks chic means he looks smart. He looks sophisticated. Look at his dress. It's up to date with the times. It's the latest spring fashion now. Together, spring. I don't know. It's in America. It's spring, spring fashion. Of course, now everything is in lockdown. I don't know what spring nonsense. Okay, uh, okay, okay. So it is written. He exposes a shikanery, shikanery of the sheik. What world calls smart? God calls. Oh, you know, a lot of people say he is very smart. They are very smart, eh? Lot sometimes they are very. You're you're smart when God calls you. Stupid. I didn't say, Eugene Peter said it. Eugene Peterson said it, okay? So, it is written in scripture, he exposes a shikanery of the sheik. The master sees through the smoke screens of the know-it-alls. You know it all? He sees through all your smoke screens. He sees the hidden attitudes of everyone's heart. You can't fool God through your flattery and through your, through your, uh, what is that? Uh, I, I don't get it. You act as if you love him, but but deep down inside of your head, that is not your intention at all. The double standards, your two-faced attitude, God knows. He sees it all. Sees through all the smoke screens of the nose, know-it-alls. Oh, it's all a smoke. The world system is a smoke, Baba. The whole thing is a smoke. It's going to blow like that one day. The smoke is going to be taken out and God's truth will stand. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is of, is not from the Father. The world and its fashions are passing away, but he who does the will of God. It's like a smoke, it's gonna it's go away. The shikanery of the sheik. I like that. The shikanery of the sheik. <laughs> like, what a, what a way of putting things together. Alright. So we need a, we need a pattern. So how do we get this pattern? I said it's, it comes by revelation. So we need to develop attitudes to ensure that that pattern becomes us. Meaning, meaning, let the word of God become life. We understand the ways of God, know the ways of God. We start thinking like the way of ways of God, where the way God thinks. That is how these patterns have developed. How do we develop these patterns? 
by thinking the way God thinks you, having a relationship, a relationship through Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what he says, right? Moses says, Lord, these are your people. Teach me your ways, show me a path. And what does God say? My presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. I will teach you. That is how I'm going to, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to teach you. All right. Fantastic. So Romans chapter 12, verse 2 uh, in the NIV, if you don't mind. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Metamorphosize, in other words, by the renewing of your mind. So start thinking like the way God thinks. Okay. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Soul contains mind, will, emotions, everything. Surrender your mind. Start thinking like the way God thinks. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. A man is a sum total of all his thoughts. So start thinking like the way primarily we start thinking like the way God thinks. And that is the reason why you have to understand the mind of the author when you're reading scripture. Just don't read it. What is the author intending through that particular context? Everything. Do whatever it takes. Though. You have to have a wholesome understanding of scripture. Read it in context. Compare patterns, scripture with scripture. Every context, what is the, understand the language, if you, if you, if you know, if you are like interested in Hebrew and Greek, you will see a particular word used in different, different contexts, you will see a pattern emerging, a wholesome understanding of what that particular word means. So you, you know what God is intending, that is the reason why words are so important. Okay. You should have a love for words, in the beginning was not an image, in the beginning was the word. So pattern of this world. Therefore he says in Acts chapter 20 verse 32. How, so brethren I commend you to God. Okay. I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace which is able to. Ah, How do we build up? How do we edify? What is the pattern that is given to us? He has given us the pattern. I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. And to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. That is what we need is the word of his grace. Is That, uh, is, that is what we need. Again, Jude chapter 1 verse 20 and verse 21. 20 and 21. But you, but you beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith. How do you build up? You build yourself up in the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit and keeping yourselves in the Love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Because in the last, last days, as I said, there will be a tremendous pressure from the world to conform to its pattern. We are supposed to overcome the world, not to conform to the world. And whatever is born of God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory which overcomes the world. What is it? Our faith, even our faith. And we know that whatever is not of faith is sin. And therefore we should contend.
stand for this faith. Stay firm on this faith. It's the only way we'll be able to withstand the onslaught of the worldly ideas and thoughts that we were a part of, that we used to subscribe to those days. Once the spirit is born, we had an old man with his old thinking patterns. Everything that can be shaken will be. So whatever is not of faith will remain. That is the whole context. Remember, he says, why, sh- why, why? he says, right, uh, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 3, you don't have to turn. Verse, chapter 3, verse 16 says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't you know that? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the, the entire context is, I was a wise master builder. I laid the foundation. Somebody else built upon it, but everybody should take heed as to how you will build upon it. If you build with precious stones, gold, silver, wood, hay and stubble, which 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 day will reveal how you built it? That day. It will reveal by fire. And whatever cannot be shaken will remain. That is the reason why this is so important. So we are not going to be afraid of those people who will only kill our body and say things to us and call us all kinds of names, fanatic, this thing, that thing. Don't be afraid of them. Okay. So that, that is, that's what uh, uh, Isaiah says, says in Isaiah chapter 6, chapter 8, he says, don't be afraid of conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. But sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ among you. Sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ among you and be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope which is in you, but do so with gentleness and with kindness and meekness. You, are, you understand? Everything that can be shaken will be shaken and things that cannot be shaken will remember. Remember he's building for himself a tabernacle in which he is comfortable and we should build it only upon the pattern that he has asked us to. And that is faith. We can only build it by faith and not by sight. Got it? Everybody? So as I said, God is building. You have to build by faith and not by sight. And the problem is, whatever is not of faith is sin. And sin is so subtle. It's very, 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 very subtle. You know, the world creeps in into the church very subtly. Very subtle. It's unbelievable how the world can creep into this, into the, into the, into the church. Um, I was listening to one man called Stephen J. Cole. You no, know, he's retired now. Retired uh, pastor from a church. Very old man, senior man of God. You know, he was he he was giving this example of a uh, of a uh, of this uh, Indians. They call them Indians, the Native Americans. Yeah, okay. Native Americans those days they had this uh, um, the all the men. If you want to be gradu- if you want to graduate to be a man, what you have to do is you have to go as a loner into the forest, do some act of bravery, prove your prove to the prove to the world and prove to yourself first that you have indeed become a man, and then come back and say, you know what, this is what I did. And uh, now you're now you're graduating from what from being a boy to a man. So this one Indian, one, one uh, Native American, he's, he's, you know, he also wants to become a man now. He wa- he's going into the forest. Let me see. Maybe I should kill a lion or maybe I should kill a bear or let me see what I can do. What 
great act of bravery I can do so that I can prove to myself that I have indeed become a man. So then he sees this huge mountain. And he looks at that and he says, okay, maybe I shall, I'll climb to the top of that mountain. And once I reach the top of the mountain, then I've proven to myself that I've become a man. Okay. Now there's, there's an anticlimax, okay, to the story. So just, you, you look at this, everybody is looking at me, what is he gonna say? So what does he do? He climbs and climbs and climbs a very difficult hill to mount, so he climbs and climbs and climbs and climbs and he reaches to the top of the mountain. Okay. Oh, he's at the pinnacle of the mountain. When you go to the top of the mountain, what happens? The temperature definitely reduces. You know that, right? So it's kind of cold over there. So when he is in that place, he hears a voice, help me, help me, help me. And he turns and he looks at that. There'll be a small rattlesnake over there. He says, help me, help me. He says, why? What happened to you? He says, she, the rattlesnake says, no, this place, I've somehow reached the top of this mountain. It's so cold here. I'm going to die. Please take me down to the plains. It's warmer over there than I'll live. This guy looks at that rattlesnake and he says, hey, hello, you're a snake. I know, I know. You, you, if I take you down the mountain, you're going to bite me and you'll be, you'll kill me. No, 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 no. Please, please, please take me. Take me. I, mean, I, was, I sound like, uh, President Trump, don't I? Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, please take me, take me. No, he, he tries to convince and finally is able to convince this fellow and, um, so this fellow says, okay, fine. He takes that. It's, it's almost dying. So he takes that rattlesnake, puts it in his pocket, in his bag, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and then he takes it to the, takes it to the, he takes it, takes the thing to the plains and it's now nice and warm over there. And it gets the, even as he's bringing it down the mountain, the temperature is increasing and increasing and increasing and the rattlesnake is back to its normal position. Takes it out of the, out of the bag and he puts it onto the, onto the ground and just before he is leaving it, the rattlesnake bites it, bites him like that, one shot. And he looks at it and he says, hey, you said that you're not going to bite me. And you know what, he's, what the rattlesnake says? Before you helped me, you knew what I was. That's what sin is. That's what the world is. It's very subtle. Very subtle. It creeps and creeps and creeps and creeps and they're all snakes. Snaky voices. They look very innocuous and harmless. Very innocent. But they are snakes. Those ideas. And once they bite you, you'll say, Hare, how come you bought me? That's my nature, Baba. What did you expect? Understand that. Okay. So patterns of God and the tremendous pressure on every pastor, every minister of the word of God, everyone who's building the body of Christ will be, you know what? Conform to this world. Why don't you do this? What is wrong in this? From your children? From your wife? From your friends? Why should you not conform to us? There will be a pressure. So we look at one example today in the Bible. As to one guy who compromised the pattern that God has clearly shown. Anything which is not of faith is sin. So what I'm going to do is, 
First, just directly go to that verse. Look at that verse in uh, NKJV, NIV, NLT, ESV, NSB. I think all, all, all are there. Okay, all translations are there. Maybe a message also we can see if it's there. Hmm? Let's. I, I'm of, co- of course referring to Isaiah chapter seven, verse nine, in the NKJV first. In the last part. If you will not believe, you. Sh- if you will not believe, surely you shall not be. Established. What is that? Okay, he says, if you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. That is the verse. Okay. Not believe meaning, if you have unbelief, that means if you don't have faith, you will not be established. Look at the next NIV. If you put the NIV. If you will not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Hmm. You see, that, you see that? If you don't stand firm in your faith, that's what I'm saying, right? When you're building yourself on the most holy faith, contend for that faith which is once and for all delivered to the saints because there will be a tremendous pressure in the last days, especially, to conform and bend to the pattern. Jesus, no, 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 no. Stand firm on your faith. Let me tell you something. The way to love is not by having loose convictions but by having strong convictions. What did I say? The way you love your weaker brother, or the brother or the sister who disagrees with you, is not by having weak convictions, but strong convictions. That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 4, 14, every man has to be fully convinced in his own mind. You got it? What did I say? Every man has to be fully convinced in his own mind that this is what God has spoken or not spoken to him. Very, very important. The way to love with any brother or any sister, if you are disagreeing, it is not by having weak convictions, but by having strong convictions. Understand that. So if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Because you know what? The world will come and one day it will bite you and it will kill you. You have to take a stand and say, no, you might look very innocuous and very, very, very unharmful, but no, I know, I know your nature. You understand? That is an IV. Look at NLT. You do not believe, NLT? You know what, Uh, this is the old NLT. If you want, okay. You do not believe me, question mark. If you want me to protect you, learn to believe what I say. If you want me to protect you, learn to believe what I say. I like that. <laughs> if you if you want me to protect you, learn to believe what I say. Snake, you are a snake. You bite. Even if you look very, very, very un, uh, unharmful, you are a snake. You will bite. So if I put a snake in my pocket, I'm a fool. Uh, another translation, NLT. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. You know what God says? Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. You know why? Because a power of God you can receive, the grace of God you can receive only through faith. 
Yes, we. If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Kya baat? 7-9 oh, in NASB, finally. If you will not believe, you surely shall not last. Kya baat hai? You want to last? We are not talking about lasting this time. We are talking about lasting eternity. Your works have to last. All eternity. Believe me. Otherwise they will not last. That will be your last. So, very very important. Now this is being spoken to one compromised king. You know what his name? Scripture calls him that king Ahaz. Okay, we will introduce this fellow now today. And we will learn as to how to stand firm in faith. Four characteristics. Actually three. Two plus two. Two plus two. If you know, if you have two, you will have the other two. Hmm? Four characteristics as to how to stand firm in faith. And in, in order to understand those four characteristics, we will revolve around this entire story to see what is pressurizing this fellow. Okay? So this guy is introduced to us in different places. He is introduced to us in Second uh, Kings chapter 16 first. And I want you to read from Second Kings chapter 16 and verses... 1 to 4. First, 2 Kings chapter 16, verses 1 to 4. In the 17th year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, Pekah was a wicked king of Israel. He had Pekah. Pekah So, something, Samaya. So, that fellow messed up. So, there were four wicked fellows after Jehu's descendants. Okay, Israel was wicked. This fellow is another wicked. I mean, so they are all comp- competing amongst themselves. Who is the most, who will be the most wicked? That was the competition. Can you imagine? I am wicked than you are. That is how they were competing against each other. Wicked to the finish line. That's what it is, no? Who will reach hell first? With the, with the most amount of wickedness. Whatever it is, okay. <laughs> this is very important. Okay. That's what it says, right? Some people's works are evident. Some people's works follow. Okay. So that is what it is. Some people's thoughts are evident. Some people's words are evident. Some people's actions are evident. Some people's will follow. It's just a matter of time. Just give it some time. You will know who's who. Because a man who's godly is consistent all the time. Even if he fails here and there, he will come back. Because he's firm. Because if you don't stand firm in faith, you will not stand at all. Stand firm. In fact, in fact, actually, uh, Pastor Sundakrishnan, he did an entire study on uh, Isaiah. 60, 70 sermons, 70 odd sermons, 70 or 75 odd sermons. I have the whole thing. I did about 30, 40, 35, 40 sermons in a whole series on Isaiah. And you know what the central theme of the entire book of Isaiah is this, he says. If you stand, if you do not stand firm, you will not stand at all. 
remarkable thing. So this is guy, this guy is the 17th year of Pekka, the son of Ramalaya. Of course, the son of Ramalaya. Ramalaya se, uske aur bhi ek aya tha, uska naam tha Pekkaya. Okay, so the, this is a king of Israel, by the way. Pekka was a son, uh, son of Ramalaya, was uh, king of Israel. Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz, the son of Jotham. Now, Jotham was a fantastic king. He did, there was one, very few things are mentioned about Jotham. If you read the entire account of the, uh, the kings of Judah, very few things are mentioned about Judah, uh, of Jotham because you don't have to mention a lot because there was only one thing. He did right which was sight in the, he did that which was right in the sight of God. That's all it's mentioned, Baba. Okay. What all it did was irrelevant. Whatever he did, he did right in the sight of Ah, that is important. That's exactly what he has to be has to be spoken about all of us. We may not be doing so many things, but whatever we did, what a challenge for all of us who's listening. And for all of us who's listening. You don't have to do so many things, but whatever you do, are you doing right in the sight of God or not? Because the time of judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes because there was no king in Israel. That is Jotham. Who is Jotham's father? Uzziah. Now Uzziah was a godly king for at least a certain time. So Uzziah was a godly king. Jotham was also a godly king. What about Ahaz? One, this fellow was a wicked fellow. Let me tell you something. Every generation has to make a choice. In fact, you'll see that if you read the account of the, especially the account of the kings of Judah, kings of Israel, you, they are all bad examples. Okay, if you want a bunch of bad examples, they are all there in kings of Judah, kings of Israel. None of them is good. The one thing they will not be able to overcome is the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. I mean, I was talking to pastor the other day, I said, pastor, they had Elijah, they had Elisha, Elijah, the epitome of prophets. Why am I saying the epitome of prophets? Because two people came and talked with Jesus. One was Moses, the high, the high point of the law, and the other was uh, Elijah, the high point of, of the prophets. The law and the prophets. Spoke with who? Jesus. They had Elijah. They had Elijah and then Elisha with the double portion anointing. And both these two prophets with all the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit that they had, they could not rid Israel of the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nebath. What a tremendous waste of prophets. See, that is the reason why the prophetic is very important. How you love the prophetic word is so, so important for your spiritual growth. And one of the developments that has to happen in your life is to love, is the love for the prophetic word and the prophets, of course. Can I show you that verse? 8-7, 2 Corinthians, NKJV. But as you abound in everything or develop in everything, in faith, first, in speech, second, in knowledge, third, in not just diligence, all diligence, four, and in your love for, who's that as Baba? Paul. And all the preachers who preach the word of God into your life. Abound in your love for us so that you see that you also abound in this grace of the grace of giving. 
God will abound in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence and in your love for us. Can you imagine that day when Elijah did a tremendous mighty act on the Mount, on Mount Carmel and it says, Lord, turn your hearts of your people to yourself. They all said, Yahweh is God. But did they really, really turn? They said, Elijah, just think about it. Elijah, what do you want me to do? What do you want us to do, Elijah? Elijah would have said, let us first get rid of all these prophets. Second, let us get rid of Jezebel. Third, you know what we should do? Just get rid of these two idols over here. One at one at Bethel and one at Dan. Crush those idols to powder. None of them asked. In fact, they hated Elijah. What does Ahab call Elijah? You troubler of Israel. What does that king call uh, Elisha? You troubler of Israel. You trouble. You are the reason why I am in this trouble. Who is the pro- who is the reason I am you are in this trouble? Because of this prophet. Why does he why does he trouble you? Because he always speaks the truth and he will never compromise. He stands firm on his convictions. You cannot move him. So you are he is your troubler. Kya baat hai? <laughs> You know what God says? Abound in this love. Love for those people who speak the truth into your life. Abound in your love for them. Amen? So that's just aside, free of cost. Let's go back. So let us take an introduction of this guy. Okay, so Ahaz, the son of Jotham. Oh boy. Let me have to finish. Okay. Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king and he reigned how many years? 16 years in Jerusalem and he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord, his God, as his father David has done. There is only one standard for every king. What is that? David. There is only one standard for all people in the new covenant. What is Who is that? Jesus. Adi. What is that? Allowing Jesus to live through you. That is what we call as a life of faith. Walk of faith. Different, different words. Walk in the spirit. Crucified life. All these are synonyms of the same thought. So let's go on. Next verse, verse 3. But he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Okay. Indeed he made his son Pass through the fire. According to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel. So let us en- enumerate this full of sins. What is the first sin? He made his son pass through the fire. Why do people make their sons and daughters pass through the fire? Which is according to the abominations of this world. How do they do it in the modern day? When we become guilty of the sin of convenience, we want pleasure and we don't want responsibility. Why is the abortion industry such a huge thing in in the in 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 the, in the in the West? Because people want pleasure, but they don't want responsibility. So many teenage pregnancies in the United States. Why? People have opened doors. Convenience. But the sin of convenience. This baby is not convenient. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. How, uh, I'll come to the point later on. 
Even in, in our own country, right? Female infanticide. It's, it's a crime if you go to any, any uh, hospital now, you to, if the gender is, I, I mean, if, if, if you ask, if the, if the parents ask for the gender of the baby, it's a crime in the, crime in India. You could be arrested. I mean, you will be arrested, not could be, you will be arrested. The hospital's license will be cancelled and you will be arrested. Why? Girl child is not convenient. Brings a lot of headache. Getting a girl is a curse in so many families. We are guilty of the sin of convenience. Second, how do we make our children pass through the fire when we sacrifice our children on the altar of worldly careers and pursuits? Several years back, um, my, my wife was to work in a, in a IT services company. So this lady from the US came. A big, I think, some AVP, some position, some senior manager position in the United States. She came and she was giving her talk to all these managers and damagers. Okay. Yeah. She was a big damager. I'll tell you why she was a damager, not a manager. So she was talk- talking as to how to come up the corporate ladder. And she was telling, no, uh, my, I was actually uh, in for a promotion. And I got pregnant. Huh? I got pregnant. And then I told my husband, you know what, how important this promotion is for me. And if the baby comes now, I'll not be able to get this promotion. My husband understood me. We had a very understanding marriage. What did we do? We aborted the baby. And what is she doing? Damaging the minds of all our Indian. They will be looking at this white skin. Uh, and taking that as, as if that is gospel truth. We still have our colonial hangover like pastor says, no? Even in uh, our our country also, I mean our state, Andhra. How is the girl? She's white. Fair, no? White. The fascination is this white. That is the reason why white rice. We have to. We don't call it rice. We call it white rice. Racist even in our uh, even in our food. White rice, white curd, white milk. Nada matcha. This is what they do. And they come and give us seminars as to how to prioritize. Because if the promotion goes, oh again you have to wait. Promotion, life, this is how. We sacrifice our children on the altar of worldly pursuits. Not knowing that the world is constantly creeping. So we know that, right? Roti, kapada, makan, gadi. For us, not mak- roti, kapada, makan, do gadi. Achcha life hona. I'm not saying that women should not work. Please don't misunderstand me. Don't misunderstand me at all. Think about your priorities. 
in eternity. You leave your child there without any attendance. Do you think you'll be able to give, I mean, your your school or your college or your institution which you are which you are sending your child to, will be able to give the same kind of attention and heart that you have for your baby and for your child? Think. That's exactly what. Lord did. He sacrificed his daughters on the altar of worldly pursuits. He was a righteous man. No doubt. But children are not. The snake cribbed him and ultimately bit him. Can you imagine? Ammon and Moab. Ammon and Moab, right? Who are these? These two are my daughters. Oh, these are your grandchildren. No, 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 no. 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 They are not my grandchildren. They are my sons. As I said, we are free to choose and make our decisions. But we are not free to choose our consequences. We are not free to choose the consequences of our actions and our decisions. But we are, are we free to choose our decisions? Of course we are. We cannot choose our decisions and also choose the consequences. No, that is not going to be possible. That's not going to be possible, no? There's an old saying in English, you know, you can't have it, uh, have the cake and eat it too, something like that. Ah, uh, yeah, you cannot have the cake and, ah, uh, you eat, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Eat the cake and have it too at the same time. If you eat it, you'll not have it. Eat the cake and have it too. That is what is important. See, that is how, what is passing uh, your children through the fire. You are cons- slowly con- being consumed by the value systems of this world. Simply. The world which is going to be burned one day. by the, the All the elements will be burning with ferment heat. And ultimately only the new heaven and the new earth will remain in which what will dwell? 313 for second Peter, in which righteousness dwells. That is Ayaz. We, when we give more importance to worldly development of our children than their spiritual development, worldly development, hurry, he has to learn karate. Skating, basketball, tennis, IIT, abacus, what? Sunday school. Yara? Sunday school. And then there will be an elders conference in the church. Where's the Sunday school teacher? What are you teaching? What are you teaching? No, we don't have the time. That is, that is the reason why we come to church, right? Why are we paying the tithes? We give more importance to worldly death. Think about it. How much of your time is spent in convincing your children about spiritual 
spiritual truths than worldly truths. Tell, think about it. worldly facts or worldly ideas. Think about it. Think, 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 think. You know what God says in Deuteronomy? You have to speak about it when you rise up, when you stand up, when you walk. That means it should be your life. Let me tell you something. Don't worry if your child is not intelligent. Don't worry if your child is not talented. Teach your child to honor God. And you know what God says? Those who honor me, I will honor Teach your child to fear God by you fearing God yourself. Why? Because the fear of God is the beginning of all knowledge. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Don't be worried about, oh, what will happen to my children? Will they, will they get developed in their minds? Boy, wisdom unto salvation is more important than wisdom of this world. That is the reason why, you know, Paul tells Timothy, right from childhood you have known the holy scripture which is able to make you wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. You know what? It is a faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ is the most important wisdom that you need to possess. We spend too much time on little time that we have in this world. This life is too short and eternity is too long. Let me tell you something. Eternity is too long. And this life is too short. And in this small, short life, instead of engaging ourselves in the work of God and in the word of God, we are absolutely preoccupied with this world. Think about that. Fighting, property, money, Life is too short. Eternity is too long. Eternity is too long. It is eternity. It's infinity. We don't even know what infinity is. Somebody tried to wrap his mind around it in infinity. The, the rope wrapped around his neck and he died. You know that he committed suicide. You know that, right? The, the guy who knew um, somebody. One, one fellow wanted to do the research on infinity. The, mathemat- the mathematician ultimately couldn't handle it. He went depressed and he committed suicide. Understand that. Don't worry about your children if they are not intelligent. God is going to give them wisdom. Ultimately, if it comes from the hand of God, you know it. God has put them through a process. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17 to 21. This is the challenge that I always tell myself. No? I to pray. As for these four youths or young men. Now let's read the next two. What? God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. Who gave them? In what? In all literature. Including the Bible. Or actually beginning of the Bible. And wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Daniel got special gift. Why? Right? Of course, God is not a respecter of persons. Okay? God is not a respecter of persons. You take the stand first, I will give you. You stand firm and do not compromise on the on, on your convictions and you'll be there. You know what God is going to do? He says, you know, Vijay, I love people who take stands. 
like that. And I'm backing myself. I'll back you all my life. All your life, not all my All your life. I'll back you. I will back you. If there be first a, a willing mind, not according to what one does not have, but what according to one has, I'm going to back you up. You'll not be ashamed. Those who put their trust in the Lord will not be put to shame in the name of Jesus. And it says, now at the end of the days, you know, there's going to be one end of the days which is coming. Not just end of the uh, end of his graduation day. Now at the end of the days, when the king, our eternal king, when the king had said that he should be brought in, that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought him in before Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, I, I, I imagine the spiritual eunuch Paul will bring his church before the eternal king. Look at these people, Lord, which whom I have mentored and discipled. Kya baat hai, Paul? Ten times better, your church. That's what he says, right? I have espoused you to one husband so that I may present you to him as a spotless virgin without spot or wrinkle. And I am that eunuch. I made myself eunuch for this, for the kingdom of God. And you know what happens next verse? Then the king interviewed them. Ha! Kya baat hai? That will be the ultimate interview, Reh Baba. You're all going through college and you know, say, I'm not saying that all these things, all those things are wrong. You know, Jeff was, I love that guy, Jeff, no? Our Jeff who got through IIT, 700 rank in IIT, okay? Kuch to hai. Asaan, nahi hai. Okay, 700 rank. The first thing he went after he went to IIT, he went to the professor. I told him, no, this professor in this place has a Bible study, go there. When goes there. And he connects me to that professor whom I met him to 20 years back. He remembers me. Vijay is so happy to see you uh, that you know that you have become a pastor and God is using you mightily. I got that message from him. Jeff, I love that kid, no? That way, that is, those are the choices and I hope he will continue to be in that state of Narupa that he'll not, that the world will not creep into him, that God will, you know, whom God has chosen. Those whom he has called, them also, I mean, those whom he has chosen, them also he has called, those whom he has called, them also he has justified, those whom he has justified, them also he has glorified. He has got a call in his life, for sure. And all matters of wisdom. Okay. The king interviewed them and among them all, none, among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Think about it. They are not even called, the Holy Spirit doesn't even call them by the Babylonian names. Because this is what they stuck to. They gave them Babylonian names, called them according to their gods. But you know what God says? When he interviews, they never lost their true identity. They stuck to their own identity. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them, that is judgment. Ten is the number of judgment. These guys judged themselves. What does Daniel mean? Your God is my judge. Dani, L, L, Dani. My judge, L, is God. Better than all the magicians and the astrologers. They're all the others are mandrikal. They all do. They all smoke screens. No substance. 
Candy cotton. Magicians and astrologers were in all his. So don't be, don't be, don't be worried. What we do is because we sacrifice our children. Send them through fire. Take it as a challenge, my dear brothers. And say, Lord, my, my family, my God, my family will honor you. My children will honor you. I am going to make decisions wherein I am going to be strong on my convictions and my children will honor God. And I know, Lord, those who honor you, you will not be, you will not put them to shame. The best protection that you can give your children is not an insurance policy. That insurance policy can destroy them if they have money. If they don't have the character. That's what, that, that's what, uh, Solomon said. All the money I made, I don't know who's gonna come after me. Yeah, there's fellas coming here. Hobam. Uralega sabkuch. That fellow has no character. My father disciplined you with, uh, this thing I'm gonna discipline you with scorpions. That's exactly what happened to Solomon. You got it, everybody? Worry, be worried about your spiritual condition of your people, of your children, Baba. That is the ultimate thing that you should be worried about. That Jesus said, don't do, daughters of Jerusalem, please don't cry for me. I know where I am coming from, where I came from, where I am going. I know precisely my origin and my destination. Very, very clear. Please be, please weep for your children. Because the days are coming. Because the days are coming. Don't seek what the Gentiles seek. According to the abomination it says, right? According to the abominations of the nations. You know the word is goim, which comes from the word which which actually means Gentiles. Don't seek what the Gentiles seek. Don't fear what they fear, but sanctify the Lord among you. Let's read Jeremiah chapter 10. Sorry, Jeremiah chapter 10, yes, verse 1 onwards. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1 onwards. This is like a this is like a continuity of yesterday's yesterday night sermon. Be smart. Choose the what are you smart or a fool? Are you chic spiritually? Are you spiritually chic? Are that's a good title, Ray. Today's sermon. Are you spiritually chic? Kya baat Hear the word which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord. Do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Please, <laughs> do not learn the way of the Gentiles. What are they worried about? Huh? What, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Whom shall we marry? Whether I have children or not. It's repeat cycle. Cycle repeat, Malli. After the children are born, what shall they eat? What shall they drink? What shall they wear? Where shall, what shall they study? Whom shall they marry? Malli <laughs> Adeh. What is the next generation? Are they cycle repeat? Yada? Same cycle repeat. You are putting it in an infinite loop. Nonsense. Nobody is ca- coming out of it. Where is your exit condition? For those who understand computer science. 
makes a condition. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 1. The Lord says, do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of the heavens. That means don't learn their fears. Don't learn their fears. Hurry, Karuna Agya, Kya Oga Baba. Karuna Agya. Earthquake Hogya. For the Gentiles are dismayed at them. That is the reason why if you do not stand firm in faith, I will not be able to make you stand, God says. Because I can do nothing where there is no faith. Your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith. Faith is that, you know, we got, Pastor keeps on telling us, it's that wire which connects us to that infinite, infinite power that God has. And if you don't have faith, problem is, People don't have strong convictions. That is the sad reality of the last days. Even in the church. They are easily movable by circumstances. Okay. For the Gentiles are dismayed at them. And Look at the next, next verse. For the customs of the people are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workman with the axe, they are decorated with silver and gold, they are fastened with the nails and hammers, so that it will not topple. You see the futility? Your God is supposed to carry you, and you, the nutcase, is carrying your God. What a fool! That's exactly what happens. Your career is supposed to provide for you, but problem what happens is that over a period of time, you will be scared as to how to hold on to your career. Right? Koti vidyalu kuti korake is the saying in Telugu. Means all the study that you do is for your stomach. What a falsity it is. Who told you? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Believe your God. Problem is, you thought by feeding your belly it will carry you. But the problem is you are carrying your belly now. Full pot belly. Full family pack. That's exactly what is happening. You thought your career was supposed to carry you. You end up carrying your career. You know that? The tension people have in the workplace. To hold on to their positions. The pressure. Oh, you don't know how much pressure we go through. Baba. You already reached the top. You have sufficient money for your generations to eat and drink. But pressure. See that? For they cannot do evil, nor can they do any good. They are powerless. Inasmuch as there is none like you, O Lord, you are great and your name is great. But the problem is, what is the one thing which is kind of, um, uh, what do you say, justifying this lifestyle of running after idols in our lives? It's something which we need to really tackle, right? What is that one thing which kind of ensures that, you know, we, instead of following God, we follow idols? Next seven minutes, let, let scripture speak to itself. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? 
For this is your right, rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all the kingdoms, there is none like you. And look at this. But they are altogether dull-hearted and foolish. A wooden idol is a worthless a doctrine. Ah, There's a doctrine which is trying to propel this idol. Support this idol. That is the reason why it says in the last days, people will not be able to endure sound doctrine. But according to their own lust, they will heap themselves teachers which will give them itching ears. Think about that, my dear brothers and sisters. What a falsity in the last days. Hmm. This wicked king learned the way of the Gentiles and went in the way of the Gentiles. Verse 5 now. Let's go to Second Kings chapter 16, verse 5. Then Rezan, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to make war, and they besieged Ahaz, but could not... Oh my goodness, I thought something should have happened to this fellow. But God in his mercy does not allow him to be overcome. Why? Then over to Isaiah chapter 7. Let's read from verse 1 onwards. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the son of Judah, Rezin of Syria, Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but could not. Why? Next verse. And it was told the house of Judah, a house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart... And all the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. <laughs> what a beautiful description. And a gunde What has happened to you, Baba? You sacrificed your career. I mean your children for the on the altar of your career. Hmm? You chose convenience rather than God. No trouble has come. What are you doing? Fearing. What are you doing? Fearing. So what has happened to all your pursuits? Useless. This is a tremendous offensive thing to people, you know that? All your pursuits are useless. I will say it categorically. (laughs) If you are pursuing something without God, you are bound to fail miserably or succeed even more miserably. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz. That is the reason why. I told you, the prophetic is so important. Abound in your growth in loving the prophetic voice. Okay. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz. You and Shab, your son, at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fullest field. Next verse. And say to him, four attitudes. Four attitudes in order to stand firm in faith. Take heed. Be quiet. Do not fear. Don't be faint-hearted. What did I say? Take heed. Be quiet. Take heed. Be quiet. What does it Shut your mouth. 
That's what that, that that's what Laban told. I mean, God told Laban, "Don't speak good or don't speak evil. Shut your mouth." That's exactly the same word. Be quiet. Take heed. Be quiet. Do not fear. Don't be faint-hearted. Take heed first. Take heed. What should I take heed, Baba? Psalm 39 in the KJV, if you don't mind. Verses 1 to 6. I'll spend a few more minutes, 10 more minutes, and we will be done, okay? 10, 10, mix, 10 minutes, maximum 15 minutes, and I'll be done. I, I said, I will take heed to my, ah, your ways. See your ways. I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth like, like a brittle while the wicked is before me. So you're looking at all the success around the world and you're looking at all these people and you're getting frustrated. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good and my sorrow was stirred. And then go go on. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Next verse. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth. Mine age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity, selah. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up treasure, riches, and knoweth not who shall gather them, period. Let me tell you something. He says, take heed to your ways. Take heed to your ways. That's what I said. Eternity is too long. Life is too short. What is it? My days are a hundred. In other words, where are my paths leading me to? What is going to happen to me in eternity? What is my eternal destiny? Do I know my destination? Do I know where I am coming from? Where am I going? Higar, Pandra. From where are you coming from? Where are you going? Do you know? Paul knows. Jesus knows I came from the Father, I am going back to the Father. I am going to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And if you overcome, you will be seated together with Him and reign, He says, into the most sorry compromised church. As I overcame and sat on my Father's throne, you will also overcome and sit on my throne. I hope you, that is your, that you know, I hope you know that your, what your eternal destiny is. If, in other words, stay to that. Take heed to your ways. Take heed to your ways. How are your ways? Are your ways righteous before God? Because it's not important what you do, it is important how you do what you do. Take heed. Second, be quiet. So how are my ways? Are my ways like the Gentiles? Are my decisions like the Gentiles? Exodus chapter 34 verse 12. Then the Lord's 34, 34. Take heed to yourself lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going. Lest it be a snare to you. That means 
That's what he says, you know. What do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Take heed. Take heed to your ways. Take heed as to how, what are the decisions that you're making in your life. You know, you know the story of King Solomon. You don't have, you don't have to, huh, to have a repeat telecast of that. Second, he says, be at rest or be quiet. What is that? Be quiet, meaning, if you can't speak positive, don't speak at all. Why am I saying this? You will make your words and your words will make you. What you speak is what you will become ultimately. Take heed. Meaning, be quiet means be at rest. Enter into my rest. And why did the children of Israel can never, could never enter, could never enter into their rest? Into God's rest? Simple. What was their word? One word? Why did you bring out? To kill. To kill. Will die. Will die. Will die. Will die. Ten times. Death. 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 Death came out of their mouth. And ultimately, you know what God says? You will all die. You will not enter into my rest. 1821. Proverbs. What happened? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, will eat its fruit. <laughs> I like that. Means what? If you put poison, you will get poison. If you put life, you will get life. You speak death, you will get death. Eventually. I think God also believes in Tadasthu. Tad asthu means in 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 uh, Sanskrit, which means let it be done. It is Amen in Sanskrit. I will die. I will die. I will die. God says Amen. Tad asthu. Don't speak Tad asthu, no. So if you what take heed. If you be quiet, enter into my rest, you know what will happen? You don't have to fear. You will not have, you will not have a faint heart. If you fear on the day of battle, your strength is very small. But the problem is, do you think Ahaz learns his lesson? No. The trouble comes, and God, the incredible thing is, you know, to whom is that promise given, the promise of Emmanuel, God with us? Ahaz. To this wicked king, Ahaz. God is going to be with you. That promise is given to him. And what, what does Ahaz do? This great man nonsense. He goes to Second Kings chapter 16, verse 7. And onwards, 7 and 8. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath Pileser, king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and save me from the hand of my king, of the king Syria, and from the hand of king of Israel, who rise up against me. 
Ahaz took the silver and gold that was found in the oh in the house of the Lord. So what what do you do? What do you take? You take what belongs to God and you give it to the world and in the treasures of the king's house and sent it as a present to King Assyria. So what is what did King Assyria do? Verse uh, nine. The king Assyria, king of Assyria heeded him, for the king of Assyria went up against Damascus, he took it, carried its people captive to Kir, and killed Rezin. Oh, he thought of Maya. It's like this, no? Um, uh, uh, I'm going through tremendous pressure. Okay, what I'll do is I'll just take one glass of whatever. A glass. Pressure chala jata. And then that one thing will become, pressure will go. You'll not, pressure will not go, you'll forget, that's all. It will only increase. How do I know this? Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20. Also, Tiglath Peliasar, king of Assyria, came to him and distressed him and did not assist him. <laughs> that's what he thought. He thought he is going to assist you. But on the contrary, he distressed you. You know why? Slowly the world has creeped in now. The world has creeped in, creeped in, creeped in, creeped in. You didn't heed to the prophetic voice. You went to Tiglath Paliasar for work. That follows a Tuglak. You thought he was intelligent. That fellow is not intelligent. He is one big deceiver of the first order. And you got so impressed by his help. You went to Damascus. And go there now. Verse 10 of Second Kings. Then King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath Paneasar, king of Assyria and saw an altar. Abbah, that was in Damascus. And King Ahaz sent to Uriah, the priest, put it in KJV now. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, and, and the King Ahaz sent to Uriah, the priest, or Urijah, the priest, the fashion of the altar and the pattern of it according to all the workmanship of it. Where is this altar, Baba? In Damascus. What is the pattern that God God, God showed you on, in Exodus chapter 20? He said, if you are making an altar, it has to be of earth. If you are making it of st- stone, it should not be hewn stone. If you are coming, you should not have any steps. I will show you exactly the pattern for your life. Not this, this, this fellow goes now. He is now completely got hooked onto the pattern of this world. And he is going to bring that pattern where? Into his worship. And what, what, what does Uriah the priest do? Will he confront? Like the priest confronted Uzziah? No! And Uriah priest, the priest built an altar according to all the king Ahaz did. So you have no priests who are going to confront your compromise anymore. You know why? You stopped heeding to the prophetic voice. Why should God correct you anymore? Over. And Uriah the priest built an altar according uh, according to all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. So Uriah, the priest, made it against King Ahaz, uh, made it against King Ahaz, came from Damascus. 
And when the king was come from Damascus, the king saw the altar. And the king approached the altar and offered thereon. Finished. Over. History. Khatam. This is what happens. If you don't stand firm faith in, uh, if you don't stand firm in faith, you will not stand at all. Therefore, four attitudes. What are those attitudes? Take heed. Shut up. Or be quiet, okay? Be at rest. Be still in my presence. Enter into my rest. Enter. All those people who are troubled with so many things, God says, come to me all you labor and enter into my rest. Enter into my rest. Amen? Then you will not have to fear. You will not have to be faint hearted. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for this day. We don't want to learn the pattern of this world. We want to learn the pattern of the spirit. And we want to build our lives. And we want to stand firm in faith in these last days. Because if you don't stand firm in faith, your word says, you cannot make us stand. Because the grace of God only comes where there is faith. I pray, Father, that faith increase in our lives. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.